It's time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier and Chris Martineau. On this week's episode, Jay and Chris are joined by their special guests. From WBZ Radio in Boston, Matt Shira, Jay, Chris, and Matt review the 1999 American epic space opera film, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out. Your film crickets are on now. All right. Hey, friends. My name is Jay Fortier. I'm along with my good friend, Chris Martineau. Hello, Jason. What's happening? Hey. Uh, well, we are joined by our special guest, Matt Shearer. He is from WBZ. Hey. Well, welcome, man. Thanks. Yeah, I'm a fan of the show. Happy to be a part of it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Appreciate uh, that. Glad to have you. Uh, so, you know what, Chris? I got to say, finally... We have a movie that we have nothing to say about. <laughs> no, no, no opinions. It's not a hot button movie for people. People certainly don't like fall on one side or the other. It's it's generally liked by everyone. <laughs> it's, it's the in fact there there is an expression. Phantom Menace is universal. Yep, absolutely. It's it's <laughs> it's this really it's a perfect film. Uh, in a lot of ways, and certainly no one has it. Matt, you don't have any opinions on it, right? I mean, no, I hadn't even seen it. To be honest, I'm just coming in completely blind. I'm going to have you guys tell me <laughs> what are these? What are these stars, and why are they at war with each other? I don't, <laughs> right. I don't understand. What are these things? I thought I was. So, I thought we were going to talk about Phantom of the Opera. To be honest, that's why I oh, signed right. up for this. Yeah, my bad. It's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just surprised him with it. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Chris, why don't you ask the uh, the question of when you have seen it, and uh, and right. then we can do the IMDb breakdown or rundown. I, I'm actually I'm actually gonna I'm gonna add to that. So my first question is usually when is the last time that you saw this movie? Prior to the viewing, maybe that maybe you watched it yesterday or whatever. But prior to that, and I would like to add to this one: how many times did you see it in the theater? Okay, when so. it came out, hit it. So I'll uh, I'll answer your questions in reverse order because when it first came out, I believe I was in sixth grade. So I'm uh, okay. I uh, didn't have much disposable income, let alone a driver's license. Uh, I sure. probably would have seen it more at the time because I think I liked the movie a lot more than uh, when I got older. After that initial viewing in the theaters as a kid, I probably only watched it a few times when it was just on TV. And okay. then you know I had a long hiatus of not seeing it up until. This uh, and not seeing it in its entirety, at least, like I said, I would dip in and out and just decide I, I just had it in my mind for so long that this was not a movie worth revisiting, that it would just make me angry to see it again as a Star Wars fan. So I just yep. uh, I just kind of pretended it didn't happen. I did watch some of those on YouTube. I don't know if you've ever seen the Phantom edit. They have like yes. fan edits of the uh, thing. Somebody actually took all three prequels and combined them into like one two hour movie. Uh, they just cut wow. out all the bad parts and uh, wow. that I did rewatch in anticipation of like some of the sequels coming out just to be like, OK, so what's going on in the universe again? Um, so okay. that being said, it's been a while since I've actually sat down and watched the whole thing in its entirety. OK, cool. Yeah. And and I see your point with with obviously you're young when it came out. Mm -hmm. I saw Ghostbusters came out in 84. I was in I was 10. But I think I got someone to convince me to I convinced someone to bring it to me, bring me to it three times uh, <laughs> nice. for Ghostbusters, at least. But I totally get where you're coming from. I was what was it? 20, 20 something mm -hmm. uh, when it came out. Uh, so the last time I saw I, I listened to this movie yesterday while grading <laughs> and every now and then would look up 
it, because I've seen it a lot. That's so a, that's the reason I. By the way, that. that is not a very like background friendly movie. Like it is dense no. with dialogue and heavy. They're like oh yeah, I know. But wow, impressive. Yeah, way too much exposition. Right. So, but prior to that, I want to say less than six months ago, my wife and I watched one through nine in order. Okay. And previous to that, we watched all the Harry Potters. So we kind of were like, and we didn't do it all in two days, but it was like, ah, let's watch the next one. So we watched them in order. And I mean, order of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that was before that. And then I did buy the video cassette when it came out. I know that I kind of had that on loop for a while. Uh, And I saw it in theaters three times. And if, if the, my sentiment to that was, I was so excited to see Star Wars. I saw it the, on the second day, and I walked out going, well, it was Star Wars, <laughs> you know, and then I'm like, I, um, like, I didn't want to admit I didn't like it. Right. And then I'm like, well, I should probably see it again. Mm-hmm. So then I went again and I went, oh, it's not growing on me. Yeah. And then I'm like, maybe oh, I'm going to give it another shot. So at the third time. And then I realized it's not great, but I was willing to deal with it because of Darth Maul. (laughs) On the other side of it, Attack of the Clones, I had an abject hatred for on the first viewing. I walked out of that movie going, I am stupider for watching this film. So I didn't feel that with Phantom Menace. Well, you know, I think there's like a psychological thing that's happening in your brain when you're sitting in a movie theater surrounded by a people, especially when it's a brand new movie that you waited so long for, like the Phantom Menace, where there's the energy of the crowd. Everyone's just so excited. The lights are low. The music is loud. It just it's a much more enjoyable experience than watching it the second or third time or even just watching it on your couch when you have the ability to kind of pull yourself out of the movie for a second and say, what am I processing here? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Jason. Uh, myself, I, I saw it twice. I saw it opening night, but it was at a regular theater, like not stadium seating. So sure. that I, that's how I was able to see it opening night, because opening night was like everybody and their brother mm-hmm. buying tickets like in advance and everything like that, to the point where it was sold out, sold out, sold out. So I walked into the regular type of theater, and I was like, do you guys have Star Wars? Tickets? And, like, and he was like, yeah, we got plenty. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, heck yeah, I'll take it. Because I cared yeah. about seeing it more than I cared about it being the full-on experience, like, like which mm-hmm. is normally important to me, but you know, it's like, if it's going to be a hot ticket and it's going to be real hard to get for a while, I'll just jump in and see it just because I want to see it. Mm-hmm. But before we talk about all the, um, you know, like the IMDb stuff, I do want to mention, like, didn't people wait like a month? Oh, yeah. Yes. In line at the man's Chinese theater or whatever it oh, is. Oh, yeah. This is long. Yes. The internet was, I mean, not what it is today. You couldn't buy tickets in advance. You couldn't even. Today, you don't even go to the movie without reserving a seat, like a specific seat. Right. People were waiting in mm-hmm. line not only just to get the ticket, but to get a decent seat. I mean, it's mm-hmm. wild. And, and they're flying in from like Australia yeah. to go to Cali to see it on the opening night that's can you imagine it's unbelievable having, can you imagine having such income that you could take off a month for a movie to go wait for a movie yeah to hear fart noises and misa nobada and <laughs> excuse me and 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 watching and jar jar walks on you're like what is what am I? Oh, watching? and it's not even just what he walks in. I mean, he is the dominating character of the entire first half of that movie. I mean, they lean yep. into Jar Jar hard. Clearly, somebody was saying, and I think it was George Lucas was saying, George. "This is what's going to sell tickets. This is what's going to change cinema yeah, forever." We, we have 
we have plenty um, to, to yeah, tackle sorry. this, and we're gonna we're gonna touch Jar Jar again. We're gonna hit him again, but um, I don't want to touch Jar Jar again. It's no, not no. that kind of podcast. No, no. But uh, right. let, uh, why don't you do? You can do the rundown, and I, I have okay. the pre-recorded version of the IMDb one-sentence synopsis. Okay, so now we'll start with the uh, the uh, IMDb one-sentence review. So I'm going to start it off. Uh, so we have Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Came out in 1999, rated PG, parental guidance, coming in at two hours and 16 minutes. Directed by George Lucas, written by George Lucas. But let's get the one sentence breakdown, Jason, if you will. It's time now for the one sentence synopsis from the IMDb. Two Jedi escape a hostile blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who may bring balance to the Force. But the long-dormant Sith resurface to claim their original glory. The film crickets are on now. I hope you will be lucky and I hope you enjoy the show. Oh, and by the way... Yep. He makes me cut it off like that. He was like, I want you to cut my voice off. I'm like, all right, sure. <laughs> all right, whatever. So it's not, um, bad, it's not bad editing. That's creative producing so, is so, what that is. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so, so let's not forget that this is a children's movie. Mm. PG. Okay. It's a, okay, well, I, I, I know. I, I know it's a hot topic. I, I know, I know. I don't agree with that statement for reasons that we'll get to later, but allegedly this is a children's movie. But so uh, we are starring in this movie. It features Ewan McGregor, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Liam Neeson, Qui Gon Jinn, Natalie Portman, Queen Amidala, Jake Lloyd, <laughs> um, as Anakin Skywalker. Same, poor guy, yeah, poor I Jake agree. Lloyd. Like you feel for this Jake mo- Lloyd. Oh, not as much as I feel for Ahmed Best, <laughs> but okay. Ian McDiarmid, uh, Pernil- uh, Senator Palpatine, Pernilla August, and so many credit creatures. You know, Sayo Bibble. And uh, Boss Nass and all these guys. But let me keep going. Let me keep going. Uh, Amen Best is Jar Jar Binks, Anthony Daniels, Frank Oz, Kenny Baker comes back. Terrence Stamp. Yeah. Who's like legit. He's so good. And apparently had the hots for Natalie Portman, who was 16 (laughs) on set from what I hear. And Ray Park as Darth Maul. And we cannot forget Warwick Davis also has a cameo. In the film, I noticed. and there's your rundown. We got some heavy hitters in this movie, and none of them do their job well. But that's besides the point. So, Jason, what did you want to say? Okay, you brought it up, the fact that it was meant to be like a, a child's movie. Meaning, like, the first, uh, you know, four, five, and six aimed at kids, even though uh, adults enjoyed it as well. He likes to call them children's movies, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed yeah. that he, that he he sets them up like that he at least aims he to be says that, but I also kind of feel like maybe that's a cop out. Like he he's tr- he's okay. trying to appeal to the older Star Wars crowd for sure, but when the older Star Wars crowd inevitably doesn't like it, he's just gonna say, "Well, it's for kids," you know. I mean, if he yep. if he really well, genuinely yep. wanted it to be for kids, the opening scroll wouldn't have started with the taxation of trade routes is in dispute and Congress is deliberating over yep. a blah, blah, blah. It's like you would have cut all that crap out. You would have cut the boring talk. I mean, I get what George Lucas is trying to do. He's trying to show the downfall of like civilization in space and the, you know, uprising of tyranny and whatnot. But like, oh my God, did he have to do it in the way he did it? Well, so when, when you were six, do you care about no. tariffs? Wait, I, I, I got, didn't. I got all something right, for all you. Right, Jake. 
You ready? All right, Jay. Hold, no, right, it's okay. It's a, uh, what I did was I because Edward has not seen the movie, still hasn't seen it. He is seven, and that's who you just heard. So what I did was I had him record. I had him read the opening crawl, <laughs> just the text. I wanted him to read it, and I didn't help him. I didn't correct him. I had him read mm-hmm. it cold for the first time, <laughs> just oh, no, like okay. any other seven-year-old might have seen the movie in the theater, yep. okay? And and hear how goofy it sounds coming out of a seven-year-old's mouth. Here we go. Yep. Termail has engulfed the Galactic Republic, the taxation of <laughs> trade roads to allow... T- outlying star systems in its dispute, hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships. The Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo, (laughs) while the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events. The Supreme Channel or has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the guardians of the peace and justice in the galaxy, to settle the conflict. I'm guessing he didn't read that while it was scrolling because it went probably way too fast. I I had it flat. I had it flat um, because I was like, but still, hey, good, good, not uh, what he, child. Oh, I got to applaud him. What, what child? What child? Like needs to learn about tax trades, like like you know, like a, mm-hmm. a trade blockade with, with, with like but, like a Senate or or, or the, right. the Congress is debating. Right. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not just debating, guys. Endlessly <laughs> debating. Endlessly. At least they're letting you know debating. what you're in for. I guess so. Holy Jesus. And like, and they, they they dispatched the Jedi Knights to help do what exactly? Like, well, bring I know what they something. did. I know what they did. Yeah. They sent the 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 Jedi's to go combat Asian racism. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't know if that's well, oh, dude, it's so bad. Sorry. Like the the Viceroy guy <laughs> is played by a white mm-hmm. man, and yep. he has a voice. I like ideas. It's like, uh, the blockhead <laughs> is very illegal. And you know what's and so funny like, oh about that? God. Like, that wasn't even what drew accusations of racism. It was Jar Jar Binks, of all people, right. which is right. wild. Right. And, and yes. uh, Watto. Oh, Watto I- got some credit, <laughs> uh, for, got some uh, anti-Semitism yep. Uh, issues. Yep. Now, and guys, can, not to get on the crawl, but this is, see, this is the problem with the movie. <laughs> the right? problem. So is it a kid's, <laughs> the problem. The crawl in and of itself is like when I was sitting there and I saw that crawl coming in, I'm like, what is happening? What This is what I'm walking into. If you listen to or if you look at uh, A New Hope's crawl, holy Jesus, it just starts with, it is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil galactic empire. Pursued by the empire's sinister agents... Princess Leia races home aboard her starship, custodian of the stolen plans that can help her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. I mean, I skipped a lot because you don't want me to hear the whole thing. I know exactly what's going yes, on from and you that don't, crawl. 
I shouldn't have to read the yeah. crawl three and times. And you don't need to know yeah. anymore. And that's kind of the beauty of the original trilogy is that there's still so much mystery. Yep. Like with that opening crawl, like, okay, sure, you mm -hmm. might think, well, maybe I'll, I'll fill in the blanks if you have any questions as the movie goes on. But then there are just some blanks that never get filled. And mm -hmm. that's fine because people can use their own imagination and yep. run with it. And that's exactly what they did for another 15 mm -hmm. years after Return of the Jedi writing books and video games and their own fan created movies or whatever. Mm -hmm. There is so much to the Star Wars universe worth exploring. Exploring, but of course they had to spend an entire three movies with this, the uh, prequels just over explaining everything. Right. And, and I'm going to get into this in a minute. But from what I've been hearing is that George Lucas will often say that the Star Wars movies are supposed to be like almost mm -hmm. like silent films. The action is supposed to drive the narrative. Right. And if you in Star Wars, the new <laughs> hope. Oh, God, I hate saying that. Oh, episode four. The action drives the narrative. We know the motivations of the characters yes. by the actions. Right. And he says that these movies are supposed to be silent movies. But this movie, and we're going to get into like the scenes and stuff in a minute, is so exposition-laden. It has to explain everything it's doing. And there's so many lulls in action. And not that I need action, but goddamn, like, why are we explaining I, it's, everything? It's funny, too, because the, I don't know. you're never giving the audience a chance to just Feel the emotion of what's going on the screen because everyone's constantly talking but in order to convey that emotion you have to have like really great acting obviously this movie doesn't have that have that and it kind of makes me wonder what was going on mm -hmm. when they were shooting was somebody stepping in and saying like maybe it was George hey uh can you like do a little less on that scene just like tone it down like there's a shot and I'm mm -hmm. sure we'll get to this when we go scene by scene but they're escaping Naboo they're on a ship and whoever the pilot is just goes oh no we are hit like that, you know, there's no moment where mm -hmm. they're like cutting to somebody like in panic. Like, are we going to get out of this? It, it never just it never feels that way at all, just because they're constantly explaining what's happening. Hmm. My least favorite acting moment is around that same time when I think it's like General Tanaka. No, he's the African-American, the white guy. Mm -hmm. And he goes, uh, the shields are down. And then R2 fix it. And he goes, the shields are back. <laughs> hey, we got full power. Right. Like, oh, my God. Are you serious? I know. But I need to say, too, before well, we go any further, just like I don't want to feel like I'm just kind of piling on to what everyone's already said yeah. about this movie because there is some redeeming value to this movie in the sense that like sure. it expanded on the lore, even if it did it in a really obnoxious way. I did kind of go into rewatching this movie this past week thinking, OK, it's been a long time. Maybe now seeing what the Star Wars universe has become, I'll have a new appreciation for the prequel trilogy but i genuinely felt like watching it this time it was way worse than i remember mm -hmm. and so yeah. that's why i'm getting i'm gonna be very critical mm. of this one it, yeah so. and 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 even then and, and i will put i will watch any movie that star wars puts out like i don't care i'm it to win it i'll watch every <laughs> harry potter movie sure like, i don't and, oh yeah and that, please get don't get me going second, on marvel and all that i'll watch all the that. second fantastic beast movie is nonsense but i'll i watched it and i'm gonna go th see the third one and it's probably gonna suck but i'm in it to win it folks 100%. you got my money that's fine yeah but it's like I, ooh, like i can i think a lot ugh. of the um go ahead. a lot of the beginning uh you know like the the first definitely the first act is is so they should prescribe it as a sleeping aid sure <laughs> Mm -hmm. because I, I really like I watched it all week that's how I, like, I finally <laughs> finished chunks. it last night yeah. I refused to try to do it in one setting because I was like this is gonna no no this is gonna ruin me like yeah. trying to trying to like just because it's so well it <sighs> makes you wonder I don't care like with, with all the, with the I don't want to hear about a committee I don't want to <laughs> hear about the senate I don't want to hear about uh, 
politics not in that manner no yeah it makes mm-hmm. you wonder just i mean is the movie i guess the medium the proper way to tell a story like this because nowadays you know you want to tell a really good story you can do it in an entire eight episode series and have eight full hours to tell a compelling story like take for instance the mandalorian you know there's mm-hmm. i know i'm jumping way ahead in star wars lore now but uh, i mean that's just like Maybe if they had slowed it down a little bit, I know streaming wasn't a thing back then, but if they could have somehow done all of the prequels as a TV series, then they could have really, you know, gotten into the weeds in a way that just wasn't obnoxious and getting in the way of the action. Right. I know there was other things um, in it that were, you know, there's the pod race that, that they win their freedom or Anakin's freedom. And, but let's get, what do you think about talking about the character, the actor that played? I feel so bad for the guy. And obviously the actor that played Jar Jar. Well, that's one thing that I, I wanted to mention is just how this movie was not just a bad movie that exists. It's a bad movie that straight up ruined people's lives. Right. You know, like Jake Lloyd, like you mentioned, he got bullied so bad he completely quit, quit acting. acting at such a young age, too. And then there's the Jar Jar Binks guy who went on the record saying he like contemplated suicide. And then there was uh, that. Do you remember Star Wars kid from the early days of the Internet and YouTube and viral fame? Oh no, my god. No. So there's this there's this kid, look up Star Wars kid on YouTube someday unless it's been pulled down, but he filmed himself. He was just a kid, a fan of Star Wars, filmed himself at his school one day playing with like a mop like it was a lightsaber and he got really into it and he was so animated and that was one of like the first viral videos because it was it was kind of goofy. It was silly. It was dumb. He didn't put it out on the internet. Somebody else found the tape, put it on the internet, and obviously because of that he got so relentlessly bullied that oh. I mean it's just this movie just ruined people lives it's so wow. depressing i didn't mean to yeah. make this turn into a depressing no, no, thing. no but it has to but, be discussed i think it has to be mentioned because th- it people take this too far like we can be mad about mm-hmm. it but to take it out on an actor who was hired by george lucas and they're playing it the way he wants it yeah he can yes. say he can say cut do it again yeah. or or whatever so if you're gonna blame somebody blame the the leader absolutely blame oh, yeah. the guy and if you watch too, I they have like the making of the behind the scenes of the Phantom Menace or stuff. They narrowed that character down, young Anakin, to like three actors, and they went with the one specifically who was the least actory, mm-hmm. the one who had like the least experience memorizing lines. And they're like, well, he's fresh. He's you know, and, and like that, you know, I I generally respect that decision. I think having unknowns in movies, especially Star Wars, where it's supposed to be this whole new universe, is great. Like I thought Daisy R- Daisy Ridley did great in the sequels, and I thought. Obviously, Mark Hamill just absolutely crushed as Luke Skywalker right, throughout. Exactly. So, you know, they wanted to kind of recapture that with Anakin. But, you know, you kind of have to know what you're going into. You're hiring a kid who doesn't really know what he's doing. I kept expecting him to um, ask for a Turbo Man. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Jingle All the Way. Because he, uh, he was in Jingle All the Way first. And so, like, I, yes, I already right. saw him in that. So I was like, oh, it's the kid from Jingle All the Way. But, but, but shame on George because he has... First of all, this is an independent film, right? Like he put up all the money, or Rick McCallum did, and obviously for for the original, yeah, and then this one, like this is a for this, yeah, yeah. They didn't they didn't give him any budget for the prequel, so he's got like a hundred and fifty million dollars from Rick McCallum to basically do whatever he wants, and no one's gonna say no to George. It's gonna make a billion dollars because we're all gonna see it, right? It doesn't matter. So he can do it, and it's going to sell a million toys. That's too. the thing, and he gets a nickel for every toy that he that he sells. So, so shame on George Lucas then for being such a crappy director 
because you can hire Jake Lloyd for the reasons that you said. And I'm not blaming Jake Lloyd. And I don't blame Hayden Christensen either, even though he's also equally annoying because he's just <laughs> doing whatever George said. Right? He said, right. George probably said, play it a little less. Or we need to be right. less. Jedi are supposed to be, supposed to be emotionless. So all these Jedi, Jedi are going to stand up there like cardboard cutouts of people that don't express anything ever. And that's going to be right. really great to watch. But anyway, <laughs> Luke Luke was not. I, uh, I know that's that's why he's interesting. But the fact of the matter is, when you get the dailies coming back and you have Jake Lloyd acting like a child because he's just a child, basically acting like a child would on like community theater stage because he's just a kid. You go, hmm, this is a bad choice, and you get a new actor. People do it all the time. It was just all those yeah. scenes. We have to reshoot them. We got a new actor. It's just not working out. He thought hey, it was. They, they, sh- they shot three quarters of uh, Back to the Future right. with Eric Stoltz. Right. And he's got basically. Before they went out and got Michael J. Fox. Right. He has an <laughs> unlimited budget. So you're coming up and saying, oh, people are going to love this kid. What? That's. No. It's okay to switch. You can see. If it's not working out, switch out the actor. Well, it's interesting watching the behind the scenes as they make it because it seems like they're really under a time crunch. I mean, I'm sure the studio wanted to have it out as fast as possible. And that's uh, and that maybe possibly killed them because, uh, you know, there's this saying, especially in the music industry, you know, cheap, fast, good pick two. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have fast and good, but it's not going to be cheap or you can have cheap and fast, but it's not going to be good. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they were trying to accomplish all three with this movie. Get it done quick. You know, obviously. I, you talked a little bit about George Lucas bankrolling basically the whole thing, but they were trying to cut corners and save a little bit of money when they could, especially in terms of the CGI. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. I think they were they had to cut out a lot of that just for budget reasons. And yeah, I don't know. It didn't really work out for them. But you're right. I think the right move would have been to say to the studio, hey, all right, we got to delay this movie by a year. But trust me, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be a way better movie. But right. that's not how the movie industry works. Unfortunately, nope. I did. I got to say, though, I did. I bought into him being really sad when he was saying bye to his mother. Sure. Like, so, so like there was good moments. Like yeah. it wasn't it was, it's not like he was terrible. It's just that. Right. Maybe it was just the wrong choice. But for every moment that you have that, you have other moments where he says yippee. Like, there's a person that says yippee in this movie. Come on. Well, that's not his fault. But it's, it's, it's still annoying. No, no, I'm saying, <laughs> no, I'm saying that you then you have George not add that. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, the kid's saying it. Right. But it's because he's told he can say it. That's a, but it's, I know <laughs> it's George's to. fault then. I know. For leaving it I'm in saying, there. I don't want to blame the kid. That's all. Like, I feel so bad for the guy. Do you know that? And we're going to, we got, I want to go to like different clips in the movie, right? Like, I don't know. We're going to go see my scene, but. But no, no, when, no, when, just, when, when he, uh, time for that. when he, um, <laughs> when he, movie. yeah, when he sold this to Disney, right. And he made his billions of dollars. I think one of the first thing he says was no one, I sold it to Disney. Now no one can yell at me about these movies anymore. <laughs> How sad is that? Cool. How sad is that? <laughs> But again, yeah. you're a billionaire, so who cares? But yeah, I mean, the funny thing about Disney too, and the Disney acquisition is, at first, I was like, Disney, oh my gosh, come on, they do the Little Mermaid and stuff. That's mm-hmm. not going to work. But uh, you know, they they took it and they did their thing with it. I I think the sequel trilogy might be equally as hated to the prequel trilogy right now for different reasons. There's like mm-hmm. people who love the sequel trilogy. I, I like it. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. In the same way that I think the prequel trilogy had a lot of good stuff, but I don't think either is perfect. 
No. And unfortunately, Star Wars fans demand perfection at all times. <clears throat> and their definition of perfection is what they want to see, what their ideas mm -hmm. for the movie should be. If, you know, well, you know, if I don't see... Yoda taking command of a TIE fighter, then uh, this movie sucks. <laughs> like, things like that. It's just, you gotta just skip, well, relax, and let somebody tell a story. And what, the thing is, what, you can't recreate how you felt when you were a child. Right. Like, so if you watched that movie when you were a kid in the theater, the wonderment that is over your head, like, that is just throughout your body, everything. It's like, oh my God, that was amazing. And then you buy the toys and you're living at home with the, you're, you're, you know what I mean? You're not paying any bills. You got like all this stuff that's, I'm, I'm serious. Like the, all the, your environment is so different when you're a child and you have that experience and then you own all the stuff, right? And you play with your friends and you're playing Star Wars and you're doing the thing. That's all part of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now you go as an adult you're hoping for that same feeling. Yeah. And you can't. It's not going to live up no matter what, no matter how good it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people went into the prequel trilogy as kids and don't have didn't have the same reaction as like maybe we did. Maybe that for a lot of kids was their first exposure to Star Wars. In fact, this is maybe about 10 years ago when I was in the uh, online dating game, I was messaging with someone and she was like, oh yeah, I love Star Wars ever since I saw The Phantom Menace. And that's why, okay, too young for me. Next. Yep, <laughs> that didn't work. Because yeah. just like, you know, my, even though I was in sixth grade, I was still like, you know, 12 years old. I was old enough to have like fallen in love with the original trilogy and then, Realized that the uh, Phantom Menace didn't live up to the hype, but for kids who were seeing that Star Wars for the first time, like that was awesome. And I remember being a kid watching Return of the Jedi and thinking that, that it was great, and the Ewoks were super cool. And it wasn't until like the last five years or so that I found out that people didn't like the Ewoks at the time. I don't understand that. I always liked the Ewoks. I never yeah, stood Yeah, like they were fun. Yeah, they were They were definitely I cool. I think people's biggest beef with them is that they were able to like take down AT-ATs or AT-ATs, however you want to pronounce but, it. But the argument I counter-argue with that is that the things that get done are by the people that are counted out. Mm -hmm. Like they're never going to, no one would expect that. Like they don't expect right. the, it's like a nick of time. Like last week, Jay, right? No one's taking account of the help. No one's taking account of the janitorial staff. Sorry to reference that, Matt. But <laughs> in this one, like the, a lot of the things are getting done by people that no one expected. And right. those are usually you, the people that get you, things done, right? You have made, no, you've mentioned this in the past. Think of the hobbits. Sure. Yeah. They're the little people mm -hmm. that nobody thinks about. They're like, wow, you know, they're not going to make a difference. And they're the ones that actually save the day. Right. right. And that's why Sauron doesn't really pay attention to what the, the workings of hobbits. These worry about the elves and the, all the other people. And right? then so, coming full circle to the Phantom Menace, that's what George yeah. Lucas was trying to do with the Gungans. And it just looked stupid. Oh. Oh. Right, people just wanted to forget about them. Oh. Yes, yes, they were throwing. Oh. They were literally throwing. <laughs> we they were them. throwing water balloons at little <laughs> drone okay. robots with shields. All right, so so let's talk Gungans. So so we <laughs> have, uh, and I know what George is trying to do. We have Naboo. They, you know, they 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 escape the whatever. We have Naboo, which is, has the blockade, and the surface is a bunch of well, uh, basically rich white people that live in Italian mansions that's laid out with marble like every there are no normal houses on the surface of Naboo they're all mansions with marble and pillars pillars everywhere and we get to the Gungans who don't mix with the people on the surface they're kind of the underdwellers and once we first of all 
Anakin and Qui-Gon Jinn, we're going to go where everybody's seen the movie. How, when you guys are just walking around in your daily lives, like, a Jedi should always have his lightsaber, but should a Jedi always have some breathing device constantly in their robes? <laughs> just throwing it out there. I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, how convenient. And, you know, and it's clearly something that they do often, too, because they just so casually yeah. took it out and put it on. It wasn't like Qui-Gon, hey, remember that breathing device? Do you remember how to use what? it? Okay, you got your, did you do the safety class? Like, you're certified in this thing? It was, like, it was just no. Now, when we resurface, go, yeah. go slowly right. to the surface. Right. But once they hit the, the water and we're dealing with, and this is the thing. Like, I understand the C, it's CGI. And the, the painstaking method that they had to get this CGI done. I mean, 1999, they're using Dell computers with large CRT screens that are curved. Like, this was not easy to put together. I get it. That's fine. But it's still a video game and it's not even a good looking video game in these terms like according to like what we see these days on the old xbox but once we start like once we're in the gungan city and we got jar jar and his speaking his semi-racist speaking and he's making like he's it's like jokes galore they're trying to do jokes they're oh you're in deep doo-doo what the crap like, are you serious? Like, deep doo-doo and squeeze me and, like, all this. And then they... I, I can't. It's just... The whole underwater sequence is so boring. And even when there's adventure going on, like, with the big fish that's following them out of the deep planet core, when they're trying to follow them out of the planet core, I didn't once... There's always a bigger fish. Like, they're so... The Jedi, Jar Jar's freaking out in the little submarine, and the Jedi are just stilted like, well, we know what's going to happen because we're Jedi. There's no sense of urgency at all. Like, you never thought anything bad was ever going to happen. So why did we watch that entire sequence? Nothing happened. (laughs) Guys, help me out. (laughs) <laughs> all right matt but it's because george th- like really believed in jar jar's like comedy <laughs> just like i mean he leaned into him so heavily it was insane that i, I think he must have just realized that like oh the kids loved c3po and mm. r2d2 when the original trilogy came out he was like how can we top that how can we make someone even funnier you know what else kids mm-hmm. love poop <laughs> farting like hey, you, know you know burping like let's give them you know a really lot funny? of that speech impediments Oh, those are hysterical. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my God. I know, right? <laughs> he talks wrong. <laughs> he uh. talks wrong. That's funny. Now, uh, uh. now but you, it, kids liked the uh, original trilogy. Now, you had humor in the original trilogy, and you didn't understand a damn word that Chewbacca was saying, mm-hmm. yet you understood by the reactions of the other people. Right. Like Khan, when he says, I don't care what you smell, get down there. You know, that's funny. Yes. Okay, we got it. We don't need (laughs) like slapstick, wacky, wacky guy, you know, with all his little like Misa going home. It's it's the Three Stooges in space, is what it is. It's just like (laughs) slapstick (laughs) comedy, slipping on banana peels and stuff like that. Yeah. He he just, he's constantly like, what does he do? He, he uh he has a, a thing with Sabal. Oh, he, he's in he's on Tatooine and he steals a fish, and he's like eating it. And it's a frog and it's sticking out of his mouth. And the weird like like guy, the merchant says that's seven whoopy whoopy. He goes whoopy whoopy, and he's got a frog sticking out of his mouth. And then 
uh, Sebulba comes over and it's just like, why, why? Just why did we have to? So that's what I mean. Like I'm watching a Star Wars movie, and I'm like, where are the stars and the wars? I'm just seeing a silly frogman eating a a frog and not paying for it. And oh, I just can't. I heard years ago, and I don't know where the this came from, but somebody had said that in the original trilogy people were there to consult with George Lucas and tell him, Hey, that's probably not a good idea. And that just didn't Mm -hmm. exist in the prequel trilogy. You know, anything he wanted to do, people were like, Oh yes, George. Yeah. Whatever you think. Oh, Mm -hmm. George, farts, poops. Sounds great. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, nobody was there to say, this is not working. I don't know. Yeah. Supposedly he didn't want to even direct it. He was asking other people to direct it. So then why did you do three of them? Howard. No, 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 I'm just saying. I'm only saying what, like, right. and then nobody wanted to. Like Ron Howard, uh, Steven Spielberg, he was asking other people to do it. And they were like, no, it's it's yours. It's your baby. You know, like thing. You know, they probably also like maybe read the script. And yeah. said, no, I don't want I don't want this haunting me. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we did um, uh, Usual Suspects, which makes us think of uh, Benicio Del Toro, who, who was in the uh, one of the other ones there. Um, uh, the, uh, the, one? the second of the. Uh, the sequel trilogy, which was uh, the Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Okay, he was actually asked to do Darth Maul, <laughs> um, but then backed out uh, because George basically whittled down his lines to like three lines. Yeah, and like there was, and there was only. I was really, really disappointed because they did, they did the toys, they did the T-shirts, they did the posters, they showed Darth Maul. I mean, how cool did he look? Oh, he really he's looked great. awesome, right? He's great. Yeah, and you made him the almost the least part of the film. Yeah, well, and you know what? I think they realized they made that mistake because they tried to, in later media, like bring him back. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys have, are familiar with the Clone Wars cartoon. I could never get yep. into it myself, but I know at least how that goes. Like, yeah, somehow, even though Qui-Gon Jinn got like stabbed with one little hole in his belly, he's dead. And Darth Maul literally got sliced in half and fell down a giant 1000 foot hole and somehow survived. It's just yeah, that, which makes me surprised. It's a PG movie. If you, if you, t- you just talked about two violent deaths <laughs> right. right there that, well, they yeah, didn't I'm show not, the blood. I'm not complaining. I'm just, I guess, but still, like, like I would assume right. that's a little strong yeah. for PG on the dot, like PG Agreed. on its own. And Dar- Darth Maul is the oh, balls, so like in that yeah. lightsaber battle at the end with Qui Gon and Ewan McGregor, and oh, sorry, with with Obi Wan, it's fantastic. Choreographed, it's so fantastic because well. the guy that does it is Snake Eyes from GI Joe. Like that, Ray Park is is he's an acrobat. It's a he always plays a ninja. He never really talks much. And that's not his voice, by the way. It's somebody else. That I forget who it is. He's an actor. He was on uh, Shaun of the Dead and a couple other movies. But anyway, man, there's a time when like it's 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 Ewan McGregor and Qui Gon, and they're both trying to get at him, and he's got the he's got these double headed lightsaber oh, going, and you're, my head exploded. That's the best thing ever. And there's a point where Ewan gives him a head fake, and then Qui Gon goes in, and I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. He actually gave him a pump fake to fake him out, and then went on the other side, and it was. That scene, and there's so much tension in the scene, and it's in its economy of action. He sets up a ridiculous thing where these force gates close for reasons. Like, why? (laughs) What architecture needs that? I don't know. It doesn't matter because it's cool. I kept, I know when when that kept happening, I kept waiting for like something really dangerous to happen inside that room with the hole. Like, oh, they're keeping people out. It's a way to keep people safe. Nope. It just never happened. It just literally was. It's like revolving doors. 
revolving yeah. doors for well, no reason. Right. It was like revolving doors. Like, like, hold on, I gotta wait. Now I gotta jump on this side. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah, but there's so much of that in Star Wars. Think about like in the Death Star in A New Hope when Kenobi's on the turning off the the, the tractor beams. Mm-hmm. It's like a like it's a thing that he has to climb around, but it has. Like, why have a big hole there? There's no reason. Right. There's a lot of ridiculous. Well, that's why in um, Gal- the Galaxy Quest, they, they had stuff that was there. And he goes, why? Yeah. Why do I have to go through all this, like, this fan yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's got blades? Yeah. Why does it, which was a genius, yeah. like, thing to bring up. So many pillars. That happens. And then, obviously, it shows um, Qui-Gon's, uh, like, it's almost like, here's the martial arts of me you know like i'm 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 going to now like kneel down and wait like meditatively but but here's the problem nobody wants to watch and (laughs) oh no and nobody wants to watch the the dull and it didn't even work he still died he still lost right yeah (laughs) yeah i know and the one who and the one who gave into his emotions by yelling no he ended up winning the battle now wait a minute hold on (laughs) i'm about to the only time i'm going to defend the phantom menace because i thought that was neat because it shows, it, it's not interesting, but he does, Qui-Gon is a master. So he's a Jedi master. No, that's cool. Yeah, I get that. And, no, hold on. But but I think, besides all that, but it's like, he has a break in the action. He's going to meditate and become whatever, more one with the Force. And that entire time, what's Darth Maul doing? He's pacing back pacing. and forth like a shark, waiting. Like, he wants a piece of this guy so bad because he's bad news. He embraces the he has embraced the anger, which is how you use the dark side. So I like that for no other reason to have those silly force field doors. Just so you can have that one moment to really get the difference between these two warriors. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was great, but then you're right; it means nothing because he dies anyway. But it's like, you know, what good did it do? Uh, Yeah. But anyway, hey, you know what? We we won't charge you for this therapy, Chris. Oh, thank, thank, thank. And that's something that I was really hoping that they might explore too in like the the sequel trilogy is just that maybe light versus dark isn't the answer to everything. They kind of touched on that, and I think that's what maybe Ryan Johnson was writing towards in The Last Jedi when uh, Luke Skywalker had kind of given up on the whole Force thing. I thought maybe Rey was going to understand that maybe the Jedi way is not the way to go. Maybe there's some elements of the dark side that I can use to actually bring balance to the Force, but they they just Mm -hmm. didn't do that because J.J. Abrams Anyways. No, but but, that's what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. Because he says uh, Luke was was kind of like a gray. Right. You know, he was gray. Yeah. He was a gray Jedi kind of, right? And I liked curmudgeon Luke. Ever, the thing that people didn't like about that movie was Luke gave up. And I freaking love that Same. part. Because that's realistic. I'm a big time defender. It's realistic. It I'm a big time defender yeah. of The Last Jedi. Because Ryan Johnson, even the stupid casino scene, which I wish we could erase entirely. Oh, terrible. That, that's that, awful. It was so <laughs> unnecessary. It's not even funny. But yeah. everything else about that movie was just like original. It was different. Oh, you know what else? Can we just mm-hmm. erase the whole Mary Poppins thing with Leia? Because, oh my God. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's and then what? That's oh, embarrassing. And then, what, and then what they did in the next movie, trying to not kill her off and actually just use old clips from her, that oh, that that was terrible, too. But, I mean, either way, you, I loved what they were doing in The Last Jedi, and I loved what they were, what Ryan Johnson was trying to set up that they ultimately just didn't go with. And, and, and the idea that what you're saying, and it does come from the beginning trilogy and something I wanted to talk about, is that Rey is saying, well, and even Yoda's saying, like, the Jedi are over. Right. It's over. Like... We had our time, and now it's done. And now here we are, like, so many years before, 
So, so we have we have these two factions, right? Where the Jedi are doing their thing and the dark side's doing their thing. But the question that comes up now for me is, well, who put the Jedi in charge? Like, is that a good idea <laughs> to have all of these really powerful dudes making all the making all the decisions, good or not? Like, they do have a point. Like, who's who said they should be? I who agree. Said? Like, why do they get to make all? Although those decisions? I will say they were you know? right about Anakin. And Qui-Gon was wrong, yeah. but he insisted on training Anakin, mm -hmm. and that ultimately led to, you know, the downfall of the the Senate and the Congress. Yeah, I know. Ooh, the big but Senate thing. Later, towards, you know, if you want to get go fast forward, you know, he's the one that picked up the Emperor and threw him down. That's so, true. like, he had a little bit of his mom in him. That's true. Uh, but his mom, um, by the way, was pretty quick the, to let her son uh, no. just like leave the planet. Like she didn't. Yeah, I mean, she didn't. <laughs> that was oh no, oh no. Wait a minute. Not just leave the planet. Be purchased by an older man. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget. It's a lot of. It's a lot of purchasing people in right. this movie. A lot of trading. A lot of purchasing. I own him now. Oh, is that I know. lovely? I, I like how he describes himself as a slave. Mm -hmm. She is shocked by the the idea that he is and asks you're a slave mm -hmm. and he goes i'm a person mm -hmm. like, like it's like wait whoa, whoa. Right. i wasn't trying to insult you no. <laughs> like she didn't say that but i'm saying like it, she wasn't aiming to do that like when she asked the question um she was just surprised because she had never like you know maybe come upon one i do have one thing i gotta mention why does padme have an american accent and Queen Amidala has a British accent because it's because it's Kira Knightley. <laughs> oh, so Kira Knightley is Queen Amidala oh, because, most right, of the time, right? Because she's the the uh, duplicate. Uh, well, they are. Well, I thought they were the same person. No, oh, I, oh, I thought they were. I thought they were playing like uh, you know how Lindsay Lohan played uh, twins. Yeah. In uh, 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 I thought they were both the same people. No, it's it's when it when you okay, but but you way. can still fake. Uh, whatever accent you want if you're a good enough actor. So like what I'm saying is if you're a bot if you're a double of a queen then that person needs to sound just like you mm -hmm. or at least like fool people that it's, you're the accent choices yeah. just all across the star wars universe are a little weird i mean for for some reasons we already mentioned potentially racist but then there's also like why did in the sequels why did john boyega use an american accent when he's a british guy naturally like there's no reason for there are plenty yep. of people with british accents in the universe why did you have to be speaking american accent is it because you're a uh, you were a stormtrooper i don't know ewan mcgregor by the way has um a pretty decent uh Alec yeah. Guinness. like you he know what I mean? sure. and now he's gonna have bad. a whole series yeah. Which, by the way, sorry not to go off on another tangent yeah. about that, but I'm just so over Tatooine, just in general. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watched uh, yeah. the, the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Like, Mandalorian's fantastic. Boba Fett, fine. I'm just so over the entire planet I like of Boba Fett. Tatooine. It's just so played out. Yes. Well, desert's boring. There's so many desert planets in boring. the galaxy. Can we just yeah, please but, explore some more? So so if you have a, pl a whole planet that's a city, right. uh, where's downtown? Yeah. <laughs> just wondering. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see the combat zone like, there. Where's downtown? Like, the just. Oh, yeah, you know, know. Where do people yeah. hang out there? Where do they go to the bar? They still, but they still measure by Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where, how how far does the subway go? I'm just 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 right. wondering. Did it start as a as a whole city planet? Did it grow as a city planet? Like. How, how does that work? I feel exactly? like there's I'm probably some sure. novel that somebody wrote that uh, answers that question, but is not like official lore. And to the Jedi's point, I know that they said that their powers are waning, but they're not going to tell anybody. That's always a good idea. <laughs> the people that are in charge, who are your magical wizards that are in charge, 
their powers are waning because they can't detect that there is a, a growing evil in the Senate. Like they think there is, they're not sure. Like they can detect when a baby dies two light years away, but they don't know that there's some infiltrating thousand year old dark force wielder in the Senate itself. They don't know that that's right. happening. What? We didn't know. So you don't want to tell people that. That's fantastic. But, yeah. ah, just, and by the way, the Jedi steal babies because <laughs> they say that Jake Lloyd is too old to start the training. So that means they are weeding out people with midichlorians. We haven't oh mentioned boy. that yet. <laughs> That's exciting. Midichlorians, midichlorians from infancy, which they steal a lot of babies, folks. Let's just, just, just get around it. So again, we're purchasing people. And the thing that really hurt when I saw the Phantom Menace, <laughs> and I know it's and I know it's the Metachlorians because, and I don't want to steal somebody else's idea, but I am. But I feel the same way when I watch Star Wars, and I know it's it's made for a new generation. It's not supposed to be for us old farts, but I'm sorry, they're explaining four, five, and six with one, two, and three. Because one does is not a movie that can stand up on its own. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make any sense if that's the only movie, right? So anyway, I thought the force was just if you if you believed hard enough and you trained hard enough that you could somehow get in tune with this thing and you could you know you know you guys you well, know Luke was what seventeen. You wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have sat on your couch and the remote has been over there <laughs> and you've said hundred percent. I. That you, I, if I just do this and I think yes. hard enough, you know you've done that. I wonder if, like, the electricity from my brain can extend beyond my hand yeah. and make that thing move. I can, wonder if I can change that light from red to green right now. I still do this. I did this, like, literally yes, yesterday. Sort of, yeah. Right. And then you brought up the midichlorians. And I'm like, sorry, it doesn't matter what you believe. You're simply not biologically ready. <laughs> that is some elitist. What, I got to be blonde hair and blue eyed, too? My blood type isn't good enough? Get out of here. Sorry. No, I get really mad about no, that. No, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let him. He's, like, too old. But Luke was, like, 17 when he started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was very too old. Yeah. He was very too old. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're right. I mean, it's like the force for a while was just this beautiful energy thing that connected all living creatures. But no, it only connects the ones that are cool enough or were born now, to the right family. Yeah. Somebody mentioned, because um, I, 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 I had to inquire about the idea that mom just says there was no father, mm -hmm. right? Like one day he yep. just appeared, like you know, like I just got pregnant. You know, it's like so we were doing a whole Mary thing. Oh yeah. So no, but I looked it up, and I guess somebody answered it in a comic book. So how, give it for what you will, saying that the Emperor yes did, uh, got her pregnant by like you know because in Revenge of the Sith, in Revenge of the Sith, he says to Anakin, the Force can be used to create life and stop death. So he learned from Darth Plagueis the Wise. To not only cheat death, but to create life. And that's the running theory that I've heard, which kind of makes sense. Well, it makes more sense than just medical orients just showing up in this lady. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though, how sometimes, like, comic books are the absolute worst place for writing, like, this kind of lore. Which, And I say that because... You know, knowing that full well that uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe translates beautifully and it just works, although they're about to get into very dangerous comic book territory, which is the whole multiple universes things where they try to explain things that mm -hmm. just don't need explaining and should probably just go left unchecked, just move on with these mm -hmm. things. I think the same thing kind of happened yep. in Star Wars where, you know, now they're like, oh, well, uh, you know. 
uh, Darth Maul actually survived and because comic books, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. And that's you're also banking on everyone knowing the information from comics, which if you don't read them, then you won't know. Right. Like, you're not going to learn the info, so it's just... And then, it beca- and then like, beca- being a Star Wars fan becomes a competition. Like, who's, who's read the most books? Who's read the most comic books? Who's played all the video games? It's like, I... I, I can say this there is why is a, I have a hard time saying I'm a Star Wars fan, even though I am. I love the movies, oh, love I the TV too. shows, but like I just don't care about some of the uh, extended universe stuff. If I can interject though, but what's funny, what's fun, and why I still consider myself a fan, even though I bitch about this movie, you know, it's like, and I've said Jaws is my favorite movie. There's so many problems with Jaws mm-hmm. in general, but I still love it. And I don't love The Phantom Menace, but the fact of the matter is. I love conversations about this because at my core, I am a fan. I do like the mythology quite a bit. And you can have arguments about this forever. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's just Star Wars. Like you and I can have uh, opposing opinions about this, but it does. It's all fake. It doesn't matter. It's like sports. Like people get, they get really heated, like about sports, like Randall Cunningham would never be able to throw a fady part, whatever. Right. And at the end of the day, it doesn't freaking matter. Right. It doesn't matter. It's just sports. Who cares? Yeah, it's and a especially thing now about he wouldn't be able to throw it because he's probably like, what, 60 yeah. years old. <laughs> and I'm, just, I'm like, people still, argue, people still argue about the debate. And I live in Washington, D.C. And I get heat that the Patriots cheat all the time. And it's like, I don't care. Like, I, don't, I don't care. But that's also it's, debatable. They, whether I know it actually. is. I'm just saying. That's I, next I week's episode. There. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and of course, I can always fall back on you guys like Washington's football team. So, once you shut it, you ready for your uh, final judgment? You think? Because I mean, this does uh, a lot. Let, this, let me just sure. let me just say one thing. Let me say one thing uh, before we do that. We'll do it real quick. How did you? I don't want to talk about the quality of the animation. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about were you disappointed how animated it was? Like the use of all of those green screens. And the use of, like, particularly the Gungan battle with the droids at the end. Like, did that disappoint you when you first saw it? At the time, not as much as it does now. I mean, obviously the animation doesn't hold up too well. You know, at the time, you watch videos of people walking out of the theater today and they're all just like, well, the movie wasn't great, but the special effects were fantastic. But Mm -hmm. that's the problem with it. And this gets into the special effects versus practical effects debate, which is... Special effects don't age well. Practical effects tend to age a little bit better. Like if you watch the original trilogy, Jabba the Hutt looks real. Yoda looks real. Uh, Well, I mean, one, you know it's a puppet when you know that it's a Jim Henson creation. Like then it kind of kills the magic a little bit. But I mean, it looks like a physical thing in that world. Watching Jar Jar Binks does not. And that's why Mm -hmm. I kind of walking out of Avatar, which had a similar reaction, which everybody's saying, oh, my gosh, special effects are fantastic. They're incredible. I was like, yeah, they're fine. But like they looked like a computer made it to me. The goal Mm -hmm. of Jar Jar Binks was to make it look like he was not computer generated and they failed at that goal. Nowadays, Mm -hmm. you can kind of pull it off. Like in Rogue One, I didn't even realize leaving the theater that Grand Moff Tarkin was CGI. I thought that that was somebody, a lookalike actor, somebody who looked exactly like the original actor from the 70s. But no, it was like completely computer generated. They couldn't do it back then. The CGI guys Mm -hmm. did interviews and they were saying like, oh, well, you know, we're trying to do things that have never been done in movies before. And still can't be done. (laughs) But like George Lucas wanted it so bad. He wanted to revolutionize the way movies were made. Uh, And yeah, he had the first ever 
full CGI character. But uh, no, at the time, I wasn't as disappointed as I am now in the graphics. Okay. I, I just didn't, even back in the day, I remember going like, like the Gungan battle. I'm like, there's nothing about this is was ever on a soundstage. Yeah. If we were, I wanted to watch Toy Story... I'd watch Toy Story. Like I was actually, it did. was fun. To, that was one I of my know. choices. I mean, it was it was fun to watch. And it's by the way, only four years removed from Toy Story. So let's think about how much that progressed. And we're only two years away from motion capture in Lord of the Rings in Fellowship of the Ring, which is fantastic. Like I think Gollum is there. Mm-hmm. Like that's how much how quickly the technology progressed. Okay, real quick, I do want uh, to mention nobody looks like they're looking at Jar Jar. No. Yep, no. Like like when nope. when they're looking at him, it's like I see the stick. Like you know what I mean? They're looking at yep. the stick with the ball on mm-hmm. it. It's like too bad they couldn't have had somebody with a mask on that was similar in shape. Well, did so they? they could like. Uh, they did. Yeah, they, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> they still didn't look at the eyes. Like he he was like looking past him. Right. And I tell you. It's really going to hurt. Like he was like, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like looking yeah. left and right, and I'm like, he, you're, you're still not looking at him. You're looking through him. Matt, do you know the story with Ahmed Best on that? Uh, I know he was in costume, wearing the, like some dumb Jar Jar suit on set. I don't know if there was a story beyond that. What's the story? No, that's it. I I didn't want to. I didn't know if you were going to jump in with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he was on set in a costume. They wanted it to be. I think they wanted a costume, but it just wasn't going to work. And so he was on set with basically like a Jar Jar head on top of his head. It looked silly. And then, so they were looking not necessarily for at a tennis ball for that, but they are looking above the actor's eyeballs. And no, he never looks like they're looking at Jar Jar ever. Awesome. Like ever. And honestly, or Watto. nobody in any universe should be looking at Jar Jar ever. So That's true. That's maybe true. it's for the better. <laughs> well, point. All, All right. right. Final, final judgment. Let's do Ready? it. Yep. It's time now. For final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this? Here's the final judgment. How do we feel? <laughs> well, it's not whether we liked it, it's whether it holds up, right? I know. I'm just so, saying, um, how do we feel? Uh, Matt, want to go first? It's funny to say, uh, you know, does this movie hold up? Because I'm not even sure it held up back in 1999. But uh, no, it doesn't hold up. Like I said earlier in the podcast, I went into rewatching it this week thinking that I was going to appreciate it more than I did back then. But it was way worse than I uh, remembered. And so absolutely mm-hmm. not. And I feel so sorry for anybody who thinks that they need to watch Star Wars in chronological order. Because I don't know how you could possibly get past that first episode. No. No, it's got to go four, five, six, one, two, three. Yep. If you did one, two, three, you're setting stuff up. They're they're trying to pay off, explain four, five, and six. Right. So one, two, and three without that don't make any sense Agreed. at all. I would say it, it wasn't good then. I would go see it again, even if people said it sucked because it's it's Star Wars and I'm going to go see it. I it sounds like we're not fans, yeah. and we are. But uh, Matt, it doesn't, and Jay, it doesn't hold up. The the graphics don't hold up. You'd never have a Oh, the the racist caricatures. Three of them in the movie would never fly today at all. And I would say that I would watch I would watch four, five, and six. And even though I've seen them so many times, I would never dread any scene coming up. Whereas this movie is like, oh god, now we gotta do this thing. Like that's what I found myself saying. Like, oh no, oh, I forgot all oh, the scene. They're gonna Oh Jesus, they're gonna talk about like the bargain that Qui-Gon's gonna make with Watto. 
so that they can, I'll put, I'll see your ship, but then I'll put up the money. But if I win, you get this and I get the boy. Like, I forgot about all that. <laughs> I even was like, oh, Jesus, the pod race. I forgot how long this pod race is, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. It's still a video game, which is exciting. It's, oh, I forgot about this too. Painted Q-tips in the crowd, by the yeah, way. Oh, really? That's good. Yeah, the crowd people, yeah. they were Different colored painted oh, Q-tips. And can and I just talk about him. that announcer, by the way, how they had basically Sports Center, like a uh, freaking actual ESPN announcer? Greg Proops. That yep, was Greg, Greg Proops. Proops? Yes. I did not even realize that. Yeah. Well, he, sure. was the, yeah. he was the guy. I mean, he that nailed that voice like for this. sure, but do we need that voice in the Star Wars universe? I mean, no. it's like. No, because it's, it's hey guys, very American. Yes, thank you. Like, very American. Do you realize that in 4, 5, and 6, human characters spoke English? And alien characters spoke other languages. And that never happens in one, two, and three. Hmm. Because all the alien characters speak English. Point. Most of them. Maybe wow. Java for a couple of sentences. What's the deal with that? Right. Like, well, why? that's called Hutese, which is that language. It's like yeah. I watched this with the subtitles on just because they were on and I didn't turn them off. And every time, yeah, yeah a character spoke in that other language, it was Hutese, which is so silly. Mm-hmm. It is silly. So, uh, Jason. Um, sure. Uh, I'm going to take uh, uh, something that you had said about other things, uh, like, and, and I'm going to say, yes, it does hold up. And I'm going to tell, tell you why. Because it's just as bad as it was <laughs> All right. then as it yep. is today. People felt just as bad mm-hmm. as they did. Like, you know, back then they felt bad about it. They don't like it. And they point out all the problems. And if they watch it today, they do yeah, the exact same thing. So it's just the same. So in that sense, right. it does. So, no. I mean, as far as everything yeah. else, no. But uh, I'm going to say it does just because it's just as problematic mm-hmm. as, as, as it was back in the day. <laughs> and it's too bad if... And, and again, I mean, look, it, there, some of the uh, what they were able to take from that movie and turn into other things, like, for example, a Naboo starfighter just recently showed up in an episode of The Mandalorian. And that was super cool. You know, the fact that they're yeah, revisiting that, cool. that era in Star yeah. Wars history and making some cool things out of it. I mean, sure, it was boring. A lot of exposition, a lot of boring dialogue, but it kind of laid the groundwork for some really interesting places to take the franchise later on. So and Matt, you met you kind of hinted at this before. Because I'm a Marvel movie fan as well, but like it's going to get to a point, not only just oversaturation, but we have to keep pulling stuff out. And it becomes this dense slog right. of we got to try to get and I don't blame them. you got to keep it going. I'm not saying that, but it's like, man, where, where are we going to end with this? Right. Like it's you're never going to get the Avengers again. Because it can, no movie can ever be that but simple. You know what again. they could do with it is take that kind of Avengers route where they tell different stories in the same universe on different planets, and then maybe one day have an Endgame yep. type movie where they all come together. Right? Wouldn't that be so cool? I mean, I thought they killed it with Rogue One. That was great. That was telling a different yeah. story about characters we've never met hmm. before. Mandalorian, obviously fantastic. Here's another whole story that's happening in the universe with characters that we've never met before, even though they now have lots of cameos mm-hmm. from characters from other movies and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's possible to go that Avengers route. You know, I just I hope they're willing to take a chance on movies with unfamiliar characters. And I don't know that I trust Kathleen Kennedy to do that. Right. And, and I would I would say to that Mandalorian's a great example of that because it's not even it's not even a Star Wars movie. It's a Western. It's a Western and it's got a Western vibe to it. And it's fantastic. And I applaud except for Hawkeye. Like if you watch Moon Knight, Moon Knight is is you guys I, should watch Moon Knight. It's I fantastic. haven't watched this past weeks, but yes, it's so good. It's good because they're taking mm-hmm. some risks 
with that character because he's not lovable and he's got problems and it's it's no other ties to any other thing. It's just like a standalone deal. And because of that, it's yeah. refreshing. And they don't have to ease. It's real neat. It's right. real, real good. It's confusing sometimes. Yeah, you got to be. I hope you paid attention you, in sixth grade history class learning about ancient Egypt because it's easy to get lost in that. Yeah. But you're right. It's it's great. And they took a risk on a character that's not super familiar, not familiar at all to the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Star Wars should do more of that. Yep, I agree. So I say Boss Nass. As a standalone, no, I'm kidding. Um, that's that guy. I, I'm probably one of the few people that like Solo. I like Solo I too. Like In Solo. fact, I was disappointed when I found out they were going to make it because for the exact reasons that I just said, do we need to make another movie about a character that we already know well enough? Yeah. But uh, I thought they killed it. They did a good job with that movie. My only criticism of Solo is it just ends yeah. too many times. <laughs> I saw it once. So. It has like five endings. Um, it's like it ends five times. One last thing. Thank you to whoever chose Donnie Yen to be in uh, Rogue One. Yeah. My God, was he phenomenal. Mm-hmm. was. My favorite moment yep. is when they put a bag over his head. He goes, what are you kidding? I'm blind. <laughs> yeah. and, and that, and by the way, yep. that is a character who was not force sensitive, but just had a fascination with the force and was able to, you know, kind of able to mm-hmm. tap into the energy a little bit and trust his instincts. Great. And, you know, if midichlorians so. didn't exist, he probably could have trained to be a Jedi Knight. So good. Right. Because it's, yeah. it's just faith. But All right. Anyhow, yeah. Cool. So, uh, listen, Matt, it was a blast having you. Of course. Uh, uh, Thanks. I this was this was fun. Yeah, I'm I'm very passionate about Star Wars, uh, so I hope I didn't kill the fun at times with my uh, passionate anger. But I appreciate uh, you guys giving me a chance to vent. This was fun. Oh no, this was oh, a, fantastic. A, a group se- session right here. This was, <laughs> this, was this was this was therapy. Like I said, we're not going to charge you, Chris. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. Yeah, cool, man. Do, do you want to plug where people can find you? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, WBZ News Radio. Uh, we're a great news station. We just celebrated our 100-year anniversary in Boston. Wow. I have been there for wow. uh, less than 2% of that, but um, I'm very, very happy. I'm very, very happy. They're having a blast. I'm a reporter, so you'll hear me. It's hard to say, you know, people say, oh, when can I hear you? Pretty much all day. You know, we're a 24-hour news station, except for one little talk show at night from 8 to 10. So anytime you tune in, uh, if you're listening for at least a half hour to an hour, you're guaranteed to hear me. So I would love to have you tune in. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt. All right. Cool. Well, we, I'm not saying what's next week because you just never know. Because like I've, I've said that before, and then all of a yep. sudden another movie pops up like because of the cancellation then confuses the audience. So. All right. So listen. Have a great week, everybody. Cool. Take care. Bye. Ooh, cricket, chirp about movies.